the town was nicknamed the Dust Bowl. It wasn't because of any recent famine, at least none that Ralph could remember. There were no shortages of jobs. There certainly wasn't a shortage of work around town. Was it the dust? Could be, but it wasn't likely. Corn grew in large fields, and all the places that grass didn't, and that was everywhere. The wind did howl more often than not, and there weren't many trees around to block it off, though he had never endured anything that could be considered a sandstorm. No, as far back as he could remember, the busy little town of Colby, Kansas, just had its own little name, like a secret that only those who chose to live there would know, and most likely continue to pass down with each generation. Maybe it would change one day, Ralph told himself. I think I'd like to see that sometime. That'd be all right. He made his way down the road in his beat-up Ford, passed down from his grandpa, truth be told. It was late summer, and the sun was just a few fingers away from being down completely. He normally made this trip out to the factory once a month or so. It was a good drive to get there, and not all of it was paved. It was well worth it to get a good price on dog food, though. He got it for practically nothing, actually. His cousin was the plant manager, and the company would normally sell the scraps of what didn't make it into the bags to the farmers that raised cattle. It was cheaper than mill feed, and kept them going strong through the winter. Naturally, Ralph got it at an even better price. He didn't have no cows to speak of, but he did have dogs. Started off with one to protect his operations. Then three when he got to liken the company they gave. Not giving their gender a single thought, they soon started breeding quite a bit. Wasn't no issue, really. When he found there were too many, he would tie a lot up in burlap and toss them into the river. No problem. He then found out he could make a pretty penny selling them, as they were all purebred pit bulls. Or so he told people. Everyone who wanted one badly enough didn't correct him, and his wallet stayed a couple twenties fatter. He pulled up to the back of the large building well away from the employee's area. Ralph and Levi weren't doing anything real illegal, of course, not counting the payment. They just felt better if nobody else knew about the great deal Ralph was getting. The silo full of dried scraps was out back here anyway, so he backed his truck up to meet the chute and hopped out. Levi was there to greet him. Hey, Ralph, how's it going? Asked Levi, reaching out a hand to shake. Oh, can't complain. Been bagging me some coyotes lately. I figure there's a den made up somewhere along the hills to the south of my place. Ralph replied, taking Levi's hand and not so subtly passing along two baggies of methamphetamine. Shit, I ought to come out there with you one of these days. We'll bag us a whole fam family. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be all right. Levi pulled the lever that let loose the shredded, discarded animal remains. It always had a right awful smell to it, but... This smelled like something was dying for a month before it finally kicked. <laughs> Good God, Levi. You using rotten assholes for filler now? Yelled Ralph. He made to plug his nose in an effort to not actually taste what was going into his lungs. It was a vain attempt. <laughs> Might as well be. Got a new contract with that medical plant up in Atwood. 
They got a lot of crud to get rid of, and I got a lot of cows to feed. Not too shabby a deal, if you ask me. Minus the smell, that is. Well, just you make sure it don't go killing my pups. Be a lot less business for you if you do, in both meanings of the word. They ain't gonna pay no mind. You worry too much about things, Ralph. Levi said, closing off the valve once more. You just tell me how they like it next time you come by, eh? Yeah, I suppose that'd be all right. You have a good one now, cuz. Come on by if you ever want to take some pot shots at them coyotes, said Ralph, as he climbed back into his old truck. It's a good damn deal, indeed, he thought to himself on the ride home. The sun was down now less than a finger, shining right into his eyesight. That perfect time of day when even if a cop does see you, he won't for very long and probably wouldn't be up for asking questions. Not when there was dinner to get back to. With only a couple grams of the stuff he made in the basement, and he had enough food to keep trespassers off his property for another month. True, the truck usually smelled like a crushed bag of assholes, especially in the summertime. But this was a new level of bad. Ralph was wondering if he was going to make it home before yakking, and to his relief, he did indeed. It was a few skips away from the truck, in fact. He bent over the gate he kept locked up and let everything from the day pour out. Deep brown chicken, curdled mashed potatoes splashed at his feet, and ahead of him, the dogs were already barking up a storm. Fifteen of them at the time. Shut up, you bunch of mutts! I'll kick every last one of you! Ralph got himself together and popped the lock off his gate, taking a deep breath of semi-fresh air. He got back in, drove it to the house itself, not bothering to relock the gate. He rolled back out, grabbed the feeding bucket off the porch. Four of the dogs, his favorites, were tied up closest to the porch. They could at least get out of the rain if need be. The others were scattered every which way around the yard to cover his bases. He never had any troubles with the police, apart from his younger days when he didn't have no license. But kids from town had the habit of running amok. Years ago, Ralph was set on his porch in the dark, taking in the sounds of the nightlife, when he heard a few of them moving around. He caught one of them saying, We're gonna be rich, before grabbing his gun and shooting blindly into the direction the voice had come from. He could only assume they thought he was rich, elderly eccentric, too old or feeble to protect what was his. Either way, he didn't need to attract more attention than necessary, so he got his first pup, Benji. Things had been pretty quiet since then. Slamming the bucket into the foul-smelling scraps, he swung it out into their troughs, to which it was all hungrily devoured. It wasn't that he starved them or anything. Hell, they ate better than he did some nights. But what good's a guard dog if they ain't got no drive? They finished their meal for the night, and surprisingly, they all laid down and kept quiet. Usually, they'd bark and whine for more, and he'd yell, Shut up! as he walked back into his house. Not being one to break tradition, he let out a quick, Shut it, you sons of bitches! as he walked through his doors. Though the inside wasn't real dirty, it was never really clean. Years of dust-covered furniture and creature comforts cluttered every room most of it not important enough to bother writing or doing anything with. 
when something did block his way. Like the busted-up kitchen chair, he'd kick it out of the way or step around it if it was easier. He walked through to the living room, over to the bookcase that not so subtly jutted out. He built it years ago after his wife left him. She found out about and couldn't handle his cooking business. She was clearly the idiot there as he'd been making major dineros for years. How else did she think he could afford all that face junk and to get her hair did up every few weeks? Well, that was all right, he supposed. He had enough to support all his needs and buy his way out of any trouble. With the flick of an eye bolt, the old chef swung itself open. Down the stairs, he went down to his kitchen into the basement. He spent the next many hours mixing chemicals with each other and gently heating them until they were just right. He knew full well the consequences of something going wrong. One time, back when he first started, he turned the burner on under a small test batch, without too much of a second thought and went to get packaging ready. You know those thermoses that have the false bottom? Yeah, those work just fine. Even made a few extra bucks on them alone. Without warning, there was a deafening explosion from behind him. Slowly pushed himself up, coughing from all the fumes that hung in the air. His ears were ringing something fierce. He stumbled his way back upstairs. Surprisingly, nobody either heard or called the police. He'd never make that mistake again. His hands jerked when the dog started to bark. Looking at his wristwatch, he saw it was about two o'clock in the morning. Freaking dogs. I swear if it's some kid messing around up there, I ain't gonna feel bad when they bite him in the ass, he said curtly. He moved up the stairs and listened. The barking increased, and it was followed by the sharp kind of whine that only a dog can make. Ah, must be them coyotes again. He went back down to grab his twenty-two. Nothing that would wake the rest of the nearby town, but it would definitely get the job done. Running back upstairs, he pushed open the front door. Not in a hundred years could he be prepared for what he saw. Ahead of him, where fifteen dogs had been, now lay fifteen blood-soaked corpses. Even in the darkness, he could see the shimmering reflection of the still bodies, with only the sound of the wind gently blowing through the dust bowl. He murmured nonsensically, his mind temporarily coming to a halt. There was no contingency for these circumstances, no script for him to follow. His pale hands shook as they searched for the doorknob behind him, and he stumbled his way back in, doing everything he could to get to safety. Numbly, he moved into the living room, tripping over that damn broken chair and fell flat on his face. Stars exploded as his world went black. His nose gushed like a crushed tomato, and he barely registered the sound of shattering glass to his left. Floundering his way to his knees, he squinted in the direction to see one of his dogs. It slowly padded its way over, stopped short to smell the blood in the air. Ralph's hands looked around for the gun, and shakily, he began to raise the weapon. The dog looked dumbly at him. Ralph wasn't quite sure what, but something was off. There was no emotion, its tongue didn't loll out, and any hint of what was on its mind was completely absent. 
Benji? He asked, slowly reaching out a hand to the dog's snout. In an instant, the dog's face ripped in half, going the wrong way. A mess of red exploded all over Ralph as a razor-sharp tendril shot out of the beast's neck. He pulled back, his hand giving way at the wrist, and fired with his other hand. The shot missed wildly. He got up to run for the open basement. What had once been the dog now grew larger. Its skin stretched, sloughed off, giving way to raw muscle. The two heads began growing independently. Two skulls with barbed teeth pointed in different directions, snapping their way out of the ruined half of the faces. The center of both, making a rudimentary mouth in its own right. Ralph only made the first couple of steps before tumbling his way down. He lay there in misery, groaning from the ache that shot through him. He didn't know what, but something inside him had broken, and dragging himself away from the stairs caused new daggers of pain throughout his chest. He temporarily forgot about that as he looked to the top. The creature stood before him like a beast from Revelations. Its spiked tongue whipped back and forth through the air, eager to be utilized yet again. In the back of his mind, he heard the sounds of more shattering glass. For a quick moment, he had hoped that help was here, that he was going to be spared this terrible fate. His heart quickly sank, however, as from behind the descending creature, more tendrils began to wave into view. He knew there weren't any hope for him. He was a sitting duck, and the blood he felt pooling into his abdomen sold him on that. He looked up to the table where his ingredients were. Lucky for Ralph, he forgot to turn the burner off on his latest batch, and it was a big one. If he couldn't save himself, he might be able to take these abominations out with him. <coughs> well, that'd be alright, I suppose. He wheezed. Just as the monster came down the last step, he threw his rifle as hard as he could at his kitchen table. He didn't even have time to register there was an explosion. In the blink of an eye, smoke and dirt rose up from the now-leveled house and rode the wind straight into the dust bowl.